0: So my friends, today the church celebrates the great feast of the Epiphany, uh, and that what it is for us, actually the Epiphany is three different occasions. The Epiphany is uh, what we normally celebrate today. It's the arrival of the three Magi to worship the Lord and offering their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But as we will sing in our offertory hymn in just a few moments, the Epiphany is also The baptism of the Lord, which we'll celebrate next week, when the voice of the Father confirms, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. And then the Epiphany is also uh, the wedding feast at Cana, Christ's first miracle. The Epiphany uh, is a celebration of the manifestation of God. That when Christ comes, even though he comes in quiet and in silence, revelation, God's revelation is never secret. This isn't a secret. Rather, it's made manifest. Again, that that hymn, the beautiful Epiphany hymn that we'll sing for the offertory. God is made manifest, that he makes himself known. And that this is uh, the action of God that is proclaimed in the Epiphany. Under today's part of the Epiphany, we celebrate that God made himself known to the Magi. Now, We often, I mean, our opening hymn was We Three Kings, and we often portray the Magi as kings. I mean, look over there, they're wearing crowns. But uh, they probably weren't kings. They probably weren't actual kings. Rather, the the word king is nowhere in this account, in whatever language you read it in. Rather, they're Magi. Magoi in Greek. Um, we would actually, it's where our word magician comes from. They were, they were um, scholars. They were um, probably the scientists of the time. They were astronomers. Um, and they um, were the wise men. They were, they were probably very much akin to today's type of college professor. Um, and uh, they were scholars. Uh, they were scientists. And now this is so important because... I can't stand hearing. There, you know, Father, I I can't believe in God. I'm I'm a man of science. or I'm a woman of science, right? I believe in science, like not God. Guess what? I'm a scientist too. I have a degree in a science called theology. Um, Science is very simply knowledge by causes. So if we know something by its cause, that is science. That's what the noun science means, knowledge of something by its causes. And so to be um, scientific is to learn the causes of things, that we study natural causes. The church definitively teaches that God can be known by the light of natural reason. This is in the uh, first Vatican Council's decree uh, Dei Filius, that God can be known by the light of natural reason, by science, by... following the light of natural reason and scientific evidence, and then asking the higher questions of what is the ultimate cause of all things, by the light of natural reason, we can come to know that God exists. Can't really know anything about, and we can know some of God's attributes. God is good. God is all-powerful. God is one. Uh, We don't know about the Trinity, absolutely not. We don't know that God became man, no, no, no. But we can know that a God, a first cause, has to exist. And this is a definitive teaching of our church. There is no opposition between science and religion. There's no opposition between science and faith. Rather, all knowledge by causes points eventually to the first cause. God himself. You know, again, many people may not know this, but, like, even the formulator of the Big Bang Theory was uh, George Lemaître, more importantly known as Father George Lemaître. He was a Catholic priest, formulated the Big Bang, right? So, again, the beautiful relationship of science and religion. And we have this with the Magi, that they were the scientists, they were the astronomers, they were paying attention to what's going on, and they followed God. Um, the uh, astronomy of the time. They followed the star. They were paying attention. They were not of the Jewish faith. They didn't have the revelation that God gave to the Jews. Rather, they were following the light of their natural studies. And we need this so much today. We need the example of the Magi. We need all of those who are intellectually honest to follow the natural conclusions of what they study and see that there is a reality that a God exists, that God is true, a good, that God is one, um, that God is all-powerful, would be all-knowing. Okay, so that is um, the the people, the magi, who they are, more than kings, they're they're the scholars. But Natural knowledge of God can't just end there, right? Because God isn't like, hey, come find me if you can. God wrote into creation the ability to... When you look around, like I saw from my window this time of year, from my window in the rectory, I was able to see the sun rising over here before Mass. And it was just so beautiful, right? So be- No one sees a beautiful painting and says, oh, it's nice that just burped itself into existence. Like, no, there's an artist who made a beautiful painting. Right, Artists make beautiful things. The beauty that's in creation manifests the beautiful God who created everything. And so again, God makes himself manifest. He makes himself known to us. He reveals himself to us and in more particular ways in what we'll be celebrating uh, next week with the baptism of the Lord. Okay, when the Magi finally find the child... What do we hear? They said, great. The conclusion to our series of propositions. No, no, no. You see, natural knowledge of God can't just lead to like this natural pride that I know this good, yay me. Um, They were overjoyed at seeing the star. They entered the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they prostrated themselves and did him homage. They worshipped him. They prostrated. Prostrate, to pray prostrate, is to pray with, like, your face to the ground, right? Sometimes during adoration on Wednesday nights, some of our young adults pray prostrate. It always kind of, it makes people around sometimes a little uncomfortable, because, like, that is a profound act of um, self-giving to the Lord, you know, going face down on the floor. And this is what these wise men, these scholars, these magi did. They went prostrate. The Greek verb proskeneo. It's to prostrate, to, to go, um, to put your face to the ground in worship. They worshiped God. This is what we ought to do when we find the true God. We worship him. We God is to be adored and worshiped. They did him homage. And then they give him gifts. Then they give him those three gifts. Gold, gold frankincense, and myrrh. Um, We're going to talk probably sometime next month about uh, when I give the annual financial report for the parish. But it's so important just to understand gift-giving always needs to follow worship, right? We don't... To do just like, hey, give us more money because we're doing some kind of campaign for that. Like, gift-giving always follows worship. To instill and to build up true worship then the hearts of those who have prostrated themselves before the Lord, then they open their treasures. And they offer, the Magi offer gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, because all earthly treasure belongs to God. All earthly treasures should be given to Almighty God. They all are His, everything. And so when we make monetary gifts um, to you know, the church to support the worship and to support the works of the church. But it's a—it's not just like, yeah, what's the bottom line? Father, here's a check. No, no, no. It's I'm recognizing and giving of my monetary goods that God is the giver of all things. And that like, I don't just randomly hand out cash, um, but for the God whom I worship, this is an offering I make to almighty God this is my offering, my gift to God. They give frankincense, um, which is incense. We don't use incense at the 8 o'clock mass, but the other masses, we use a lot of it. Um, And uh, they give incense, which burns. It's a sacrifice. Christ is a priest, right? So he offers sacrifice. So the incense, when it burns, it's um, we we offer in sacrifice, and the sweet smelling smoke rising to God is meant to be a sign of our prayers rising to Almighty God. But Christ is both priest and victim, and so they also give him myrrh, which is an ointment that would be used to anoint a dead body. And so even at the very beginning of his life, it's pointed out through the gifts of the Magi that Christ is both priest and victim. He offers sacrifice but he himself would offer himself in sacrifice to Almighty God to atone for our sins. And so at the very beginning, all the signs are there. This is the Lord to whom all dominion belongs. We give him gold. This is the priest who offers true and right worship. We give him frankincense. And this is the victim who himself will be the atonement for our sins. We give him myrrh. And so my friends, today... Uh, on this epiphany, we celebrate that God makes himself manifest and that these wise men of science followed the star, they followed the evidence, they found the Christ child, they worshipped him, and they offered him their gifts. By the grace of Almighty God, may we, may our hearts also be open and our minds be open to follow the revelation, the epiphany of Almighty God, his manifestation, to fall down in true worship, and to offer him generously our gifts of love and service, so that we, worshiping him in this life, can worship him as well forever in heaven.